to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30-minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 229, Starting Off Security News. The FBI, DHS, and CISA has released a list of the top 10 most exploited vulnerabilities, and the top targets include Office, Struts, SharePoint, Flash, .NET, and Drupal. China is wiring up kids with brainwave sensing headsets with the data being piped directly into AI algorithms that are meant to optimize learning. I feel like China has a giant list of bad ideas and they're just going through one by one and checking them off. You should definitely watch the video that's linked here in the show notes, which is the newsletter. It's fairly terrifying, kind of like that Skynet building surveillance thing from a couple weeks ago. Europe will be giving the CISSP equivalent clout to a master's degree within its industry certification framework, which actually comes out of the UK. And this has absolutely blown up on Twitter for a good reason. I think, uh, I can't remember when it was. It was probably early 2000s. I enrolled in a CISSP class on a Monday, did not pay much attention in class, read the chapter summaries. And I took the test on Saturday and I passed it easily, like I wasn't even worried. So how anyone consider that equal to six years of college is astounding to me. I mean, it's definitely true that university isn't always great for security knowledge. And there's actually plenty of people who have a bachelor's or a master's in something technical or even in security or information security or information assurance. And they don't really know anything because... They just don't have any practical knowledge, and it's all book smarts. But equating six years of college to a test that you can pass in a couple days of cramming is taking that point way too far. The U.S. Army is having Lockheed Martin develop a new electronic warfare system that can be mounted on various types of vehicle. This is the U.S. Army basically getting back into electronic warfare because uh, they've been out of it for quite some time, but Russia and China use a lot of radio, so evidently they want to uh, be able to combat that, so they're going after that space. I think that would be good news if China wasn't already knee-deep into all of our contractors, so I feel like we're just building it for China. And the U.S. is warning about three new pieces of malware being used by North Korean hackers. I believe it was a couple Trojans and an installer. Breaches. Britain's Ministry of Defense contractor InterServe was hacked, resulting in the loss of data on around 100,000 past and current employees. And the U.S. Marshal Service was breached, and they lost the prisoner data for 387,000 inmates. Advisories. It was patch week this week or last week. So Microsoft released its third largest patch Tuesday with 111 volumes fixed. People were like, one, one, one. Was that in binary? 
They're like, no, it's decimal. It's really over 100 volts fixed. And Adobe fixed 16 critical flaws. Technology news, Jason Kalkanis says real estate prices are going to collapse in San Francisco because managers are now figuring out that they can actually do remote work and it actually works and they can actually still manage people and stuff gets done, which means they can now go get even better talent than before because they don't, they're not required to have the talent come to San Francisco and it will cost them less money. And so many are predicting a huge exodus out of the Bay Area because of this, which of course, like Kalkana said, it will affect prices. Not sure I'm going to be leaving anytime soon. I just want rent to go down. Facebook is buying Giphy so they can control not just the GIFs on their own site, but everywhere else on the internet as well. Snow Crash is being turned into an HBO series just in time for it to become a reality show. It's awesome. Twitter is going to allow employees to work from home permanently, and I bet a whole bunch of companies are going to do the same. Zoom is now worth more than the world's seven largest airlines. This just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I believe it. I mean, you can see the numbers and you can add them up and you can see that it's true, but how is this possible? This is ridiculous. Zoom, a web conferencing platform worth more than the world's seven largest airlines combined. Epic Games released a preview of their new Unreal Engine 5, and it is really good. I watched the whole video, and the lighting stuff, I mean, it, it looks almost photorealistic. I think I'm definitely going to be buying my first game console in a while when uh, the PlayStation 5 comes out. I guess the um, Xbox, is, Xbox, the new one, is coming out at the same time, so might get both of them. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like games are more realistic than reality right now. So I kind of just want to uh, escape to some degree. Human news, 40% of Americans who make less than 40 grand a year lost their jobs due to the pandemic. And this is just up to early April, which means there will be many more who actually lose their jobs. So that's 40% of people who make less than 40,000. And for people who make more than 100000 a year, only 13% lost their jobs. So that right there shows you the inequality of how this thing is going to land on people. And just imagine as that goes up, you know, over 150 k which there's a lot of tech jobs make over 150 k versus less than forty or less than 30000 It's a huge disparity between those numbers, and that will not be good for the country going forward. I can guarantee you that. UC Berkeley held a virtual graduation in a Minecraft representation of their campus. And London is joining a bunch of cities, uh, large cities, uh, flagship cities on the planet in making large parts of the city inaccessible to cars. San Francisco is doing that with Market Street. There's a bunch of different cities doing that. I think it's a cool idea. I mean, I just hope I can eventually go to some of those cities. That would be cool. Ideas, trends, and analysis. I wrote a bunch of stuff within the, like the last week, uh, weekends, evenings. It's just been doing a lot of writing. So first one was it's time to get back into RSS. That's the name of it. It's time to get back into RSS. I actually wrote this last night and posted it this morning, and it made the front page of Hacker News, and probably got over like ten thousand hits on it so far. 
but it really resonated with people because RSS, as I talk about it in the piece, which you should read, it's basically RSS is um, it's nostalgic. It's It points to a time when we used to follow people and people used to produce content. And when we followed them, you know, it, it was like we had a connection to them. And your RSS reader was full of all these individual voices. And together they produced basically a garden. It produced your, it wasn't an echo chamber so much. I guess it kind of was, but it was a cultivated echo chamber. It was all these different perspectives combined into one interface. And it took time to keep it fresh, right? Some things would go out. You would need to find new things. You would add them back in. And it was a direct connection right to the RSS of that page. And that all changed when all the aggregators came out. And pretty soon it was MySpace and it was, you know, Slashdot and it was Dig and it was Reddit. And it became cumbersome to maintain this garden yourself. And then, of course, Google killed off Google Reader, which really, that was the death knell, really. It, it uh, shut everything down. And uh, ever since then, people have been relying on, I guess, Twitter to some degree. That picked up many years later. But mostly aggregation sites, Facebook now, and Twitter for some some small percentage of people. But it's just not the same. So I was basically calling for, let's bring this back. We need individual voices. We need to connect with individual voices and uh, get back to nurturing this, this garden of information that we're consuming. Next one was 10 behaviors that will reduce your risk online. So I wrote another piece called a three-tiered approach to securing your home network, which a lot of people like that one. But while I was writing that, I actually wanted to point to like what's some general good hygiene stuff. So I Googled for safe hacks, thinking it would just be everywhere and there'd be tons of like top 10 lists. The one I found was from like 2009 or something or like 2011. It was like super old and a lot of his stuff just wasn't current. So I went and created a new top 10 list of 10 behaviors that will reduce your risk online. And it's all the safe hacks, you know, good uh, internet hygiene stuff that you would expect. So that's three pieces um, that, that I put together in the last week or so. Got another article here, uh, podcasts or the new Wikipedia. Really like that piece. Not even wrong, ways to predict tech. Just read this from Benedict Evans. Another idea here, because call centers are dangerous for COVID-19, we're seeing more companies move to AI chatbots, which I wrote a piece a while back, um, a few weeks back, talking about COVID-19 will accelerate trends that were already coming. Well, this is one of those trends, which is replacing call center people, re replacing customer service humans with AI, right? That's, that's obviously coming. I don't think people are worried enough about that, but nobody knows how fast it's coming, right? Well, this thing is massively accelerating it because all these managers need to maintain the support. And uh, they have these AI chatbots that they could use. Maybe they don't work as well as humans. In a lot of cases, they don't, obviously. So they're like, yeah, let's not move to these chatbots yet because the humans are still better. You know, we'll wait for the AI to get a little better before we start firing people. Well, now you can't have everyone go into the office. You can't have this giant call center full of people. So they're they're rolling out the chatbots. They're rolling out the AI to replace the humans. And this is the exact type of accelerator that I was talking about. And also Andrew Yang talked about in his book, The War on Normal People. He said, basically, when you have a crisis, all these tech um, options that are sitting on the, on the side waiting to be used, they're going to be put in because people aren't going to have an option. 
And when things relax and things get more safe, you think they're just going to roll everyone back and hire everyone back? No, they're not. They're going to stay with the AI as much as possible. So it's just an accelerant to something that was already happening. And it's going to be hard to roll back once it's done. And that's going to mean hundreds of thousands or millions of U.S. jobs. Um, another cool question here, what's going to happen to college towns when so many universities shut down? Because that's the general consensus in the education community and people looking at the economics. There are many, many universities that were barely holding on. And uh, with many people not wanting to go to a local university anymore, they're going to shut down. The super top ones, they're going to be fine. In fact, they might even be better off. But just like situation with restaurants or small businesses, the ones at the bottom are going to get destroyed. And 93% of Chinese miners are now online. 93%. Updates. I think I'm going to start reading Anna Karenina. Is that how you say that? Tolstoy's understanding of psychology and dialogue is spectacular to me. I've read a little bit of War and Peace and I was just thoroughly impressed with basically every scene and interaction between different groups. Um, I'm also going to read the Brothers Karamazov book. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that. I'm not actually looking at the word, but I want to read that as well. There's a bunch of classics that I just really need to get caught up on and familiar with. So I think I might go into a classics phase. And as I mentioned before, my creativity has just been extremely high lately. And I wonder if it's because I've been meditating more. I'd like to think that's the reason. But either way, I'm going to continue meditating and see if it keeps going. I wrote a brief analysis of the show Devs. And this does have spoilers, so definitely finish the show before you read it. But I really loved it. It was a great show. And definitely recommend you check it out, along with Upload and After Life by Ricky Gervais. Uh, I've got a new format for individual podcast episodes. So each podcast episode will have its own page and post, and they look pretty decent. I redid all the design myself on them, and uh, check that out. Also made some subtle updates to the look of the newsletter, which you're not looking at right now because you're listening to this, but it's nothing major, but should be some decent tweaks. And I'm toying with the idea of anti-fragile stocks, as in the stock market or at least as anti-fragile as possible, since all stocks are fragile. I'm also not an expert in stocks or finance or any of that, but I do have a cool idea I'm going to try to explore, maybe for next week. Discovery. Canary tokens. You've heard about these from me multiple times, and I just love them so much. I'm going to keep mentioning them. They are tripwires. I'm going to describe them in different ways, right? Tripwires you can place throughout your network to detect malicious actors when they go snooping. I think that's fairly straightforward. Got here a list of books that leave you different than before you read them. This came from Reddit. How to create the best at-home video conferencing setup at multiple different price points. This was really cool. Talk about the effects of lighting, like better and better mics, better and better cameras. Really cool. Cloud WAF comparisons using real-world attacks. And this is the second part of this article. <laughs> this one's hilarious. Bookcase credibility. <laughs> it's a Twitter account. And the tagline for the account is, what you say isn't as important as the bookshelf behind you. 
I think that's just great. Game of life in one Ruby statement. That's impressive. Google released its fuzzing dictionaries, which I'll be adding to Cyclist soon. Got a website here dedicated to sand key diagrams, which are my favorite data visualization right now. How I switched from classic hosting to Kubernetes and 1,000 handcrafted Go examples. Recommendations. When was the last time you backed up your family's most important stuff? Is it both local and in the cloud? I'm mostly talking to myself right now, but also to you. That's the whole point of this. Important documents, family images, make sure you're covered using whatever solutions. Ideally, I feel like I would shoot it to a NAS, which is local, and that would shoot up to all three cloud platforms. That's like my ultimate backup solution, which I would love to build at some point. In the meantime, I will have some small subversion of that. And the aphorism for the week, war is like love. It always finds a way. War is like love. It always finds a way. Bertolt Breck. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe inserted ads are not just annoying, but that their business model is toxic to content creation. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter every week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here. And they also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmisor.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already done so. Each of you is participating in the direct model of creator support that is helping this show survive and grow. And I greatly appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Thank you.